0: Thank you so much for joining us for Ankeny Gospel Church Podcast. On this podcast, you can find sermons, classes, and other resources that continue to invite us into the mission of Jesus and the journey of faith. We hope this is a blessing to you, and if we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out. Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Parker McGoldrick, one of the pastors here at Ankeny Gospel Church. And this is the study notes podcast. Basically, every once in a while, we will—if there's something in the sermon that we didn't get to, we want to focus it on here. We want to kind of zoom in. Um, it could be like you know the bullpen or the footnotes or the study notes or whatever. And on Sunday, February nineteenth, we talked about, and the sermon was from Matthew three twelve to, uh, or sorry, three thirteen to four eleven, but we focused exclusively on the um, the tests that Jesus faced in the wilderness. So today, we want to go back a little bit to the baptism of Jesus, and we're basically going to ask the question, why was Jesus baptized? Uh, what's the significance of his baptism? And then what's the significance of the Father's, or the, the voice from heaven that says, um, you know, this is my beloved Son? So before we do that, though, it's only like one, two, three, four, five, five verses, So, I'm going to read these verses if you're uh, in case you're like not in front of a Bible or whatever. I'm going to read the verses to kind of set the context a little bit for what's going on. So, this is Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. It says this Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. And Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Lord, thank you for this text. pray that we learn from it and you would teach us your ways. Amen. Point number one, why was Jesus baptized? It says earlier in Matthew that people were being baptized by John in the Jordan, and they were confessing their sins. And what baptism was, was just that. John was preaching, if you remember his uh, one-sentence sermon, "'Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near.'" people were hearing it. They were believing it. They were saying, Oh my goodness, God's rule and God's reign is coming. Now it's here. I need to repent and turn away from my sins. I need to confess my sins. I need to literally have a, a turning of my life, of my thoughts, of my motives, of my actions. I need to turn. I need to repent from all of that because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then Jesus is on the scene and he's like, Hey, John, I need you to baptize me. The question is why would Jesus need to be baptized? Because if you think about it, baptism is what? It's kind of like admitting that you're a sinner and that you have sinned and that you are turning from that sin and now turning towards a new way of life. This is why we baptize after conversion. Uh, this is why, you know, baptism is not salvation, but it is an expression of an inward transformation. You are saved and then you are baptized. by. Sh- and what baptism is, is it shows that you have repented and turned from your sin. So Jesus obviously never sinned, right? We know that. From you know Orthodox Christian teaching, Jesus was sinless. So if he was sinless, why be baptized? If baptism is for kind of like showing and admitting that you need to repent from your sins, why did Jesus baptize? Because he was never sin or he never sinned. It's a great question, and John asked the same thing. If you remember, if you remember that text, John says, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! You're coming to me to be baptized? I actually." I should be baptized by you, not the other way around. And Jesus says this, by the way, these are Jesus's first words in the gospel of Matthew, which is really significant. He says, allow it for now, because this is the way for us, as in John and Jesus, to fulfill all righteousness, fulfill all righteousness. Now let's stop and let's like dissect these words a little bit. The most important term in this sentence is the term righteousness, I think it's easy for us to think of righteousness as something that God, like, does and God gives us. But the term righteousness, just in its basic definition, is just obeying God. Like, doing right things. I mean, righteousness literally means to do right things. To obey God. Uh, one scholar says, righteousness is just doing the will of God. As in, if God says it, we do it. Another scholar says that... um uh, to fulfill all righteousness means to complete everything that forms part of a relationship of obedience to God. In other words, it's like, if God tells you to be baptized, what is, what is righteous? Being baptized. If God tells you not to be angry with your brother, what is righteousness? Not being angry with your brother. If God tells you to not look lustfully at a man or a woman, because then you've committed adultery in your heart, what is Righteousness. It's not you, you get the point? Righteousness is just simply moral obedience to God's will. So when Jesus gets on the scene and he says, allow it for now to fulfill all righteousness, he's saying two things. He's saying, one, God has commanded this. In the, in the Old Testament, um, it started in the story of Israel passing through the waters of the Red Sea into the wilderness and then the promised land. And it's all the way through. Baptism was a sign given by God to show what cleansing looks like and later Jesus kind of picks it up and takes it and he says it's not just what cleansing looks like it looks it's actually what following Jesus and being buried with him in the likeness of his death and being raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection that's what that's what baptism is so by Jesus saying it's to fulfill all righteousness one of the things he's saying is that he needs to obey like in order for him to be the son of God and to fulfill the law he needs to obey this command he has to obey the command of being baptized So that's the first thing that's going on there. The second thing that's going on there is that Jesus is identifying with sinners, right? What is the cross but Jesus taking on the sin of the world and identifying with sinners without being a sinner himself? And who are the people that are being baptized by John? They're sinners. They are coming to confess their sins, to repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus, in his first act, is taking an act of lowering his kind of self— and identifying with sinners that he's here to save if he didn't identify with sinners in baptism and in suffering and testing the wilderness and in the cross if he didn't identify with sinners then he cannot be our savior because then there would be an area in our life that we had to do but jesus himself didn't have to do so it's kind of like um you know my dad would sarcastically say when i was a kid do as i say not as i do which is like haha funny like you know he says hey take out the trash but i'm not going to take out the trash obviously he was being sarcastic But really what Jesus is saying is do as I do, because what is he doing? He's, he's obeying the father and he's fulfilling righteousness and he's identifying himself with sinners and he's saying, Hey, now, now you go and and do the same, which is why we at AGC, we're a, we're a Baptist church, which I always thought this was funny when I was a kid and I would read about John the Baptist. I was so confused because I was like, I know there's more denominations than Baptists, but it says right here that john was a baptist so why isn't everybody baptist (laughs) i thought the baptist was like his denomination instead of like you know luke the lutheran or matthew the methodist or something it was like john the baptist anyway john uh, the baptist is not his denomination it's just his title because that's what he was doing he was baptizing people anyway i digress forgot my train of thought that's okay that's the first point why was jesus baptized to fulfill all righteousness i.e to obey god's command and two to identify himself with sinners. He had to identify himself with sinners in order to be our Savior. That's the first major point. Oh, man, eight minutes in. I can do this. Second major point, uh, new creation, new creation. Uh, If you have not listened to or heard the first sermon in Matthew, I would uh, highly recommend it because we focused on Matthew 1, especially verse one, especially the first two words of verse one, being this idea of there's a new creation that's happening in Jesus. Just like in Genesis one and two, God created and he's powerful and he's ordered and he brings order out of chaos and he brings light out of darkness and he brings life out of no life. Just like that was happening. Matthew is claiming that Jesus is doing the exact same thing. Jesus is actually now the one that's bringing about a new creation, bringing light, Uh, into darkness, bringing life out of death, bringing order out of chaos. So how do I get that from this baptism passage? Well, uh, listen to this. Verse 16 says this, when Jesus was baptized, which by the way, what are you baptized in? Water. So Jesus was baptized in the water. He went up immediately from the water. Oh, there it says it right there. He went up immediately from the water and then two things happened. The heavens suddenly opened for him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. Why is this significant? If you remember in Genesis 1, in verse 2, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That word hovering is only used elsewhere uh, in reference to birds. Birds, like, you know, their wings, like, flutter, you know, and they, as they're hovering over something. Like, think of a hummingbird that's kind of, like standing, st- like, standing still, flying still, but its wings are flapping. What happened in Genesis 1 was that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and then and then he brought life out of that. Well, what's happening here? The Spirit of God is coming down in the form of a what? Of a dove. What do doves do? They hover. They flutter. Their wings flutter. And where is this dove? Above the waters. I mean, scholars, this isn't like a new interpretation. Scholars have recognized this from the first century. I actually found a, a writing by... One of the church fathers in like the first century, and he he brings this point out. He's like, "What's happening here is that the dove, the Spirit of God, is hovering over the face of the waters, and and then what comes out of the waters, Jesus." So there's this new creation that's happening in the in the Gospel according to Matthew, and in it, also, what's he going to be doing the rest of the story? He's going to be looking at people who are down and broken and dead inside, and he's going to be doing what? He's going to be giving them new life, which is why one of my favorite verses that paul ever wrote or one of my favorite things that paul ever wrote is when you are in christ you are a new creation at the baptism of jesus there is a theological point being made that we are at jesus is the start of this new creation the kingdom of heaven has come near that's the second main point so first main point why was jesus baptized to obey the father and to identify with sinners second main point (laughs) i'm realizing that if they're all main points then nothing's a main point but you get what i'm saying second point um, new creation, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and Jesus is bringing about a new creation to his followers, third main point is verse 17, a voice came from heaven, and said, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased, this is the father speaking of the son, giving him his identity, and this quote, if I don't know if you have a footnote, or a whatever, by your um, bible at this verse, <clears throat> I hope you do. I hope you do. Because this quote is taken from two Old Testament passages. Two Old Testament passages. The first is Psalm 2, verse 7. And the second is Isaiah 42, verse 1. And Psalm 2, verse 7, talks about the sonship or this anointed one who is the son of God. And Isaiah 42 talks about this servant of the Lord who'll be empowered by the spirit and eventually suffer for his own people, take their sins upon him and we will be healed by his wounds. Right? Okay, and I mean what what of what else is this saying other than Jesus is the anointed son of God from Psalm 2 and Jesus is the spirit empowered servant of Isaiah 42. I mean, I mean tell me that's not just beautiful. This Psalm talks about everybody who uh, finds Psalm two talks about everybody who finds refuge in this Lord and in His anointed one and in His Messiah is blessed, is happy, is fulfilled in life. Uh, but everybody who doesn't is going to be is going to perish in the way. And Isaiah forty two talks about this servant. Of God, the servant of the Lord, of Yahweh, that comes and doesn't do his own bidding, but rather he does the will of the Father, of the Lord, of Yahweh, and he's empowered by the Spirit. And what's happening here? Jesus is called the Son of God. He's being empowered by the Spirit as it descends in the form of a dove, and he's going to go out, bring about a new creation, identify himself with sinners, and become the Spirit-empowered servant to the point of death, even death on a cross. And what's interesting is that right after this, the spirit that descended on Jesus like a dove hovering above the waters, bringing about a new creation, where does he send Jesus? It says in chapter four, verse one, that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. So first main point, why was Jesus baptized? Well, first of all, to obey God. What is righteousness? It's obeying God. Um, And it was to identify with sinners, Jesus could not be our savior if he did not identify himself with sinners because he had to be tempted and tested in all ways as we are yet without sin. Second main point, there's a new creation happening in Jesus. And at his baptism, it's just confirming that, that in and through Jesus, when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And then finally, the voice from heaven is just quoting scripture. Psalm 2, this is my beloved son. And then Isaiah 42 verse 1, with whom I am well pleased so, I said this on Sunday, but I'm going to say it again here. If you are in Christ, there's that caveat. If you are in Christ, if you are a Christian, Jesus' life now becomes yours. His identity now becomes your identity. He becomes the head. We become the body. So, when you think of God the Father, when you think of the Spirit, when you think of Jesus, think of this text. Because what's happening in this text to you, believer, what's happening in this text is that you are now filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has descended on you and you have, when you are in Christ, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are in Christ, you become, you become a new creation because Jesus is bringing about a new creation. And when you are in Christ, God, the father looks at you and says, this is my beloved son and daughter. And I'm well pleased with you. I know it's like weird sometimes for, especially in uber reformed circles, to like think of God being happy with us and God being smiley at us because, you know, we're like, well, yeah, but he's angry with us because of our sin. And sure, but also like your sin is no more. As far as the East is from the West, your sins are forgiven when you are in Christ, when you have repented and believed because the kingdom of heaven has come near. So I want you to just picture God the Father looking at you, saying he's well pleased with you saying that you're his beloved son or daughter because of anything you did. no. also that was a terrible timing. My dog just barked in the background. So, but I'm not going to pause it because I'm almost done uh, saying that you are his son and his daughter. Who's loved by him and, and he's well pleased with you any because of anything that you've done no. but because of Jesus's righteousness, because of Jesus's life, because of his baptism, because of his ministry, because of his teaching and preaching and healing, because of his death and burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and now his intercession for us while he's sitting at the right hand, he's he's advocating for us. That is your relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I hope that blesses you today. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. But other than that, we are going to keep... Keep on keeping on, uh, onward and upward, as they say. And this Sunday, we're going to be going over Matthew 4, uh, verses something to something, uh, 12 through 25, Matthew 4, 12 to 25. So I pray this is a blessing to you and um, grace and peace. Thanks again for listening, and we pray this was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments about what you heard, our email is info at or you can find us on social media at inconygospel.